All right. All right, guys, welcome uh, to our second podcast of the year. Uh, today is all about workforce, and we have a great group of folks that's going to talk to us about it. We've got Lisa Dolphenbaugh, our local Gardner Magnet High School Career Development Coordinator, Bernita Nichols, who handles all the customized training at Wake Tech, and uh, uh, Kimberly Wheeler, who uh, heads up our Capital Area Workforce Development Board and the great things that you guys do. So thank you guys for joining us today. Um, really, we hope the listeners here get a better understanding of, of how things are changing in the workforce and kind of y'all's roles in helping us meet the needs of a 21st century, uh, 21st century economy. So thank you guys for being here. Let's jump right into it and, and, and get the conversation started. You know, I think um, that it's not, it's not a, a secret that we're running about a 3% unemployment rate here in the Triangle. Talent is tight. And there's a true battle for it. So I think the first question I wanted you guys to kind of talk about is, what are you doing in your role at your particular institution to help companies uh, you know, win that battle, find that next uh, pool of talent? So, you know, Kim, if, if you'll lead us off and just tell us about Capital Area Workforce Development and what you guys are doing to help companies uh, get new employees. Yeah, we're really focused on just making sure that we've got a skilled and ready workforce, um, that we are there to partner up with businesses, giving them access to resources and support they need to find and um, attract and retain good talent, um, continuously develop that talent. Um, we're really putting them in the driver's seat as far as helping us know what's, um, what's relevant, what's needed for industry to stay up to speed. Things are changing so fast, so we want to make sure that you know, what we're uh, training folks to do is going to be relevant and needed for business. So really just using um, business in the driver's seat to help us make those decisions and looking at data continuously as well to see, you know, where we can pour those resources and where it's going to be most effective. Um, so we're, really we're excited. We are, um, you know, just investing in businesses, investing in job seekers to, again, make sure that there's that good quality match made. That's awesome. And I know Bernita... You know, we're fortunate to have Wake Tech. I think it's the largest community college in North Carolina, and uh, if not one of the largest, right? And it is so, the you guys are doing amazing things. Um, you know, you, you do so much. But what are just some of the, you know, the biggest highlights of what Wake Tech is doing to help companies compete? So, as the educational partner, Wake Tech is listening to the voice of the customer. So we are being involved on numerous. Um, committees and advisory boards so that we can understand what the need of, of Wake County is. And from there, we get to go back and talk with the department heads and make sure that we're offering the training and certifications that are needed for the skills of today and most of all the skills of tomorrow. So Wake Tech is a forward-thinking college and what we're doing now is training our students for jobs in the future. We're looking, uh, you know, 10 years out and making sure that the workforce is ready with the changes that are taking place. Yeah, that's huge. I know you guys just opened up your RTP campus. You've got the Beltline Center that, that's really about manufacturing mm-hmm. uh, with ABB robots and things like that. And, of course, the, the main campus there at, um, in Fuquay. Mm-hmm. And there may be more that I'm not even aware of, but it seems like Wake, County, or Wake Tech has really tried to expand throughout the county so everybody has access. We do. Uh, so Wake Tech currently has eight campuses, where there are six campuses and three um, resource centers. And we serve over 74,000 students uh, annually at Wake Tech. And that's the uh, breakdown of that will be our curriculum has about 30,000, and the other 40,000 are workforce continuing education. 
where we, our average age of student is 29, and we're there to help them skill up, either to change professions or enter new professions, and uh, acquire certifications that they need to be um, employable. That's incredible. I know you guys are doing amazing work. And that gets us to our local high school. And, and I think what's incredible about this whole conversation is what, what you're seeing is not just a particular level. You know, we're not just focusing on four-year degrees. We're, we're also looking at the high school. And I know, Lisa, uh, I've got, had the honor to work alongside with you for the past couple of years. But tell us a little bit about how your role at Garner Magnet High is working with companies and students to really get them started in their next career. And what have you seen even at the high school level? So we're fortunate that Wake County Public Schools is... A, is um, pushing for career-ready students as they graduate. And, um, and I work under the Career and Technical Education Department, and, um, and one of their goals is to make sure that there's a CDC at every campus and that we're teaching those students those career-ready skills. Um, we also, the other thing that we do is we align our CTE courses with the, 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 the demands of the labor market. Um, and we offer those courses to those students so they can go ahead and get a head start before they go into college. But in a lot of those CTE courses, they can earn certifications um, that are industry-recognized certifications that, um, that they can go out and become employable upon graduation. One of the things that we started um, is, is we also have a business alliance at our high school, and that alliance is, is um, it's overseen by the CDC, um, but it brings together a group of business professionals who are who um, we work together and we we put on activities enrichment activities that our students wouldn't ordinarily get to be a part of, and um, and and over the last three years we've developed uh, our Trojan Career Prep Program and that program has allowed us to to find out what the employers needs are as our students graduate and one of the greatest needs were job readiness skills and and we have taken and we focused on four job readiness skills of dress for success acing the interview um, um, elevator pitch create, creating their elevator pitch and and making sure that they have a resume by the time they graduate so um, and then it allows us to put these students in front of employers. We started this program three years ago, and and our school to career director uh, came out and saw at our that came out and, and to our job fair and saw the quality of kids that that we had um, trained for that event. And and Wake County decided that we would do a countywide job fair and offer those those type of companies to all our students. So. So now we're going into our second year of our Wake County Public Schools um, job fair, which will be April, April 3rd um, this year. And it brings students from all across Wake County who are seeking full-time employment to interview with companies that they wouldn't ordinarily get to interview with as, as early, you know, prior to graduation. So we don't, we don't bring in fast food or retail. We bring in those companies that a lot of the students haven't heard of. But, but it proved to be successful last year, so we're, we're continuing that this year. And, um, and a lot of those students last year landed jobs with those companies and, and making substantially more money than, than minimum wage. So, so it has proven to be a great success. Yeah, I know it's interesting whenever you look at it, and I think just listening to you guys talk today, uh, it sounds like each one of you on your different levels, it's all about aligning 
workforce needs from the employer with education. And I think at the four-year level, you really don't see a lot of that. You know, you see folks coming out with various degrees in, in different things, uh, humanities or what have you, that really don't align directly with employer needs. And, and, and this is kind of the front line of, of getting people from, you know, education to employment. And, and, and that's, I mean, it's just incredible what's going on. Um, and can I add something to Please, that? Yeah, so one of the things that I know um, you all were involved in this pretty heavily, but um, Capital Area Workforce Development partnered up with Wake uh, County Economic Development in the city of Raleigh to put together um, a regional workforce study. And so you all were active in helping us get the word out. But um, the outcome of that was over 500 businesses were surveyed and really gave us good information about the growth in their industries. 73% of businesses saying they're going to grow in the next three years. You know, what those skills are that they need, what the um, highest in demand professions will be. And so as we're really shaping our programs and initiatives, that is critical to really hear, you know, where the need is and how we can best align what we're doing to match up with that. Absolutely. And I think the other interesting thing that came out of that study was it showed that over the next three years, employers will be adding 30,000 new jobs to the market. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, employment being what it is at 3%, how do we as a community um, ensure that we have 30,000 employees to fill those positions while we're at the same time we're bringing in things like Amazon and, and um, uh, Selectus and, and, and all these other companies that are needing more employees themselves. And I think that's a real, a real issue. You know, we're adding, I think they said 60 to 70 people a day, but even at that rate it would take, you know, a very long time to get 30,000 employees into those businesses. So it, it, it's interesting. And, and the other thing that's really interesting, too, and I, and I think people um, you know, might find it interesting, is to see how work has changed and how younger people view work, right? Um, and, and I hope that you all, you know, I'm sure you all see this in, in, in what you do day to day. So, I, I mean, I'd ask any of you, you know, kind of how has the employee changed that's seeking a job today? You know, I think we've gone from manufacturing, definitely in North Carolina, where I'm from in Hickory, where you had furniture and textiles, and now you're seeing a lot more digital service industry, technology-driven. So as you were working with companies and, and, and doing what you do, how has your employee changed from whenever you first started, or even in the past couple of years? Yeah, I can go ahead. Let me start with that. So some of the changes that I see in the workforce is a older workforce, People are working longer. And also diversity, you have a multicultural, sort of a global workforce now, so it's gonna cause people to have to meet people where they are and understand the differences and the different cultures that they have to deal with in order to be successful in their companies. Also, again, you just mentioned service. Jobs now are more service and information technology driven rather than building things. Uh, I mean, they're making new things, but now they're just making different things or making those things uh, uh, different than what they used to do. There's more automation there, so that's a change the workforce is seeing there. And companies are having to adapt, and they're having to adapt quickly in order to strive and in order to be competitive and stay in the game. So, you know, with the change of the workforce, right now, I think the study came out last year that they're the, they're more millennials in the workplace, and again, how they view work and how you communicate and, and engage them are different. So it's, it's a matter of 
getting people trained to understand the differences in the workplace so that they can collaborate and get more done. Do you think, this is something that, that interests me because I'm one of the youngest people in the organization that I work in, do you think there is a fundamental difference in the generation, the millennial and younger generation versus the other people that are in the workplace? Absolutely. I am getting requests daily for that training and it's not necessarily a difference in the person, it's uh -huh. how they um, perceive things, they communicate differently, uh, they think and view things differently. The millennials want more of a, uh, they call it a more of a happy, engaged, sort of what can the job do for me image, okay. you know, so is, they want more of a coaching style, whereas your baby boomers uh, who are used to more of a top-down sort of structure, um, uh, sort of different, but it's just understanding what, how a person uh, presents themselves and how they show up is being able to work with them and engage them and, and kind of work together. But th there is a difference, and it's, I don't think it's a, a, a right or wrong difference. It's just being able to understand what they are and engage them. I was going to say, I know, Lisa, you work with kids every day. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, I think, I think some of that goes back to Apple and Google and the image that they put out there and even Facebook when it comes to their executives. They're in a more casual, um, they're in a more casual attire than, than what you were used to seeing with CEOs. And um, so I think the workforce is becoming a, and if you look at a Google environment or a Citrix environment, you've got a more relaxed atmosphere. And, um, and I think that maybe some of, some of that, um, having that perception of those very um, su successful companies and, and seeing you know, what their CEOs look like, how casual they look versus back in the, the you know, previous generations of you, they would be in a suit and a tie. Sure, sure. And um, so, so I, I think that may, may have something to do with it, but... Um, but yeah, I, I would agree with Bernita that our students are, they're looking for something that more that, that brings happiness to their life. It's not and just well, about paycheck anymore. Right. Yeah, absolutely right. not. It, it's mm -hmm. not about, the, they want to make money, but they also want to have that, that intrinsic value of knowing that what they're doing is making a difference in someone's life. And, um, and, and even going back to, to those, there's more of a focus on, I want to be with my family. And, and I think the baby boomers grew up and they were used to the father not being at home and out at work. And, and now we have fathers and mothers who are taking the time out to go be at their, their child's sporting events or whatever extracurricular activities they are. And, and that adds something to that, to that child's life. And they know the value that it brought to theirs and, and they want to be home with their, their, with their kids. And I think that's why you see more companies going to flex time or, um, or working from home. Yeah. And, and fortunately, that's because of the digital age. So that, that opportunity is there. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Just with the, the where and how we work has definitely changed. You know, the idea that you could work from a coffee shop or from home and, you know, your hours may be shifting. They, a lot of companies don't care when you work. They just, you know, want to see that 
that you're producing. And so I think that's definitely changed quite a bit. And also, I think there are, you know, stereotypes regarding the generations that, you know, some of it may have merit. But I think at the end of the day, it's also about, you know, what motivates individuals and, you know, the idea that everybody wants to be respected and listened to and feel like what they're doing on a day-to-day basis really helps the organization and, and ties back to a mission. So I think it's interesting to see a lot of the... Um, literature and the information that's out there about that. But at the end of the day, I think everybody's kind of unique and how they're motivated and engaged in the workplace. And companies have to be responsive to that in order to retain them. I think the interesting, one of the interesting things is seeing how manufacturing handles the shift and change of perceptions because they can't work from Starbucks, right? They can't, they're they're a nine, or I say nine to five, they have shift work and you have to show up and you have to do this. Um, so how do they meet the demands of a millennial generation or younger that wants flexibility in their schedule? I think it's going to be interesting. One of the things we're seeing a lot of is just that need, the, um, the desire for them to feel like they're continuously improving their skills and learning, and that's just such a, a significant part of a lot of people's motivation and engagement. And so to feel like the company is investing in them and helping them advance in their career, and so just that need to, you know, commit dollars to training and development is significant. And again, that does um, have significant ties to retention and and also attracting great talent. So where they can't be flexible and working from home, they could certainly make up for it in other aspects like that. Absolutely. I know one of the things that's really interesting to me is apprenticeships and and what kind of was colloquially called the other four-year degree. And as someone who just recently paid off their student loans 10 years after graduation, I can tell you that that we've got to change the, the, the social discourse about this. But are you all seeing companies, like you just said, Kim, are, are you seeing them wanting to be more willing to get into this apprenticeship business and, and say you come as a, as a high school graduate? You know, I just did an interview with uh, one of the folks who went to the Trojan Career Prep Program. He left high school. He, he had an immediate job. They're sending him back to Wake Tech for trade. Tra- he's an electrician trade journeyman. And so that company is paying to have him go back to school. He, I think he has to work for him for four years. We're calling it the other four-year degree. You know, you, yeah, you don't go off to a university campus, but you are going to go back to school. You are going to come out with a certification. Are you guys seeing companies being more willing to consider that more than they used to? Absolutely. So I'll add to that. The, the other thing about the apprenticeship program is they walk away with that journeyman certificate, which is recognized nationwide. And, and it tells anyone nationwide that they have a certain set of skills. And one of the things that, that we are fortunate to have here in Wake County is the North Carolina Triangle Apprenticeship Program. And, and what that is, it's a collaboration of about nine to ten advanced manufacturers who start in, start in um, a student's 11th grade year. They, they work with the high schools, the CDCs, to, to um, market their program, and then we market it to our students at the school. And, um, and, and it's a program for our juniors, um, and they start to learn about it during their junior year. And then from that, they have the opportunity in the summer at, before their senior year is to go and do a pre-apprenticeship if they're chosen. Um, and, and at that pre-apprenticeship, they're competing for a job and to be that company's apprentice. And, and we've seen a phenomenal growth in that program over the last five years. And when I, went, when I got to Garner High School, 
we, we had never had, it, it had been in existence for one year, and we didn't have any students participated in the previous year. Um, and then when I got there, we had several students participate, and, and we didn't have any students chosen, but for the last three years, we've had students chosen every year. So, um, so it, it's great, and, and the thing about the apprenticeship program is there's a mentor there. And I've watched these young, we, we've had four students um, accepted into it so far, and I've watched these young men from the time they started the program exploring it to the, time, to the end of their senior year, they have a complete transform, transformation of, of what it is to be, really, to be transitioning to an adult. And they take, they, they're brought into that company, they're a part of that team, they're given responsibilities, and by the end of their senior year, they, their confidence level is so amazing. And, and it's all because of the, the support within that, in, within that program that they experience. Uh, but they have been, it's been a successful program. The first year I started, I can't remember, there may have been like less than 500 students who were interested in the program, you know, throughout the, the, the tri-county, tri-county-wide. And, um, and now there's thousands who apply for it. The competition is so amazing that it's re if you get the opportunity to be that company's apprentice, then, then you really proved yourself um, as a remarkable employee. That's incredible. I mean, are you guys seeing the same stuff? We're excited. I mean, we definitely have made a commitment to promote apprenticeships, to really help companies understand, you know, the value they bring, how to get started, that, you know, breaking down some of the misperceptions about them. Um, we actually just did a, a workshop last week, and businesses are curious about it. They're also a little hesitant. They think that they're expensive, they're complicated. So we're really doing all that we can to just meet them where they are, try and share with them, you know, the value, what it actually means to, to go through that. And quite frankly, if they're not proactive about incorporating something like that into their strategy, they're going to be missing out because, you know, the talent pipeline, you know, needs to be built. Um, you've got to really take that proactive step in order to, you know, have that integration into your company, let them know about the great opportunities in construction or advanced manufacturing, even IT and healthcare. So we're seeing really great success stories with that. But they're curious. I think it's just they're slower to launch here. It's just not as widely known. Um, but and, I think we're all partnering to together. That, I'll add to that. We, so we, we met with Superior Tooling, who is a member of NCTAP, and, and he talked about the return on investment. And he told us, he said, you know, we thought it would be years before we would receive would, before we would um, see any return on investment from these students. He said, but within six months, we're seeing a, a return that we didn't expect. So like, like I said, by the, the end of that student's senior year, and they've worked there for a year at that point, um, they're, 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 they have made a great transition into adulthood. They, they take on the responsibility. Their, their responsibility at school changes. I, I talked to a student last year. He said, when I used to accept C's were okay, he said, but now I don't want anything less than an A. And, and it's because of that mentoring and, and that responsibility that, that they're given at the workplace. That's incredible. Yeah, I know there's a lot of interesting thing, things going on, and I know we were talking about changes in the workforce. Clearly, there's, there's fundamental differences from what you know you all certainly have seen over the years, and, and I think those things are only going to speed up. So... I guess as things kind of change a little bit, how are, how is your organization changing 
to meet those needs. What are, are, are you all doing anything differently than you did you know, a few years ago to, uh, to meet the needs of companies here in the area? Well, I think I just go back to what we touched on earlier um, with the advisory councils. We do have a committee for each curriculum program that we have at Wake Tech where we get stakeholders in a, in a room and um, the committee meets and they're composed of different organizations within Wake County and also the department heads for each curriculum area and they talk about the needs. And what Wake Tech is doing is, again, gearing their programs toward the needs. So we are actually uh, playing a part with uh, the, our partners in Wake County to make sure that we can meet the needs and have the skills that are needed for them to be successful and move into the job. So I think as things progress and Wake Tech being a forward-thinking college to make sure that we are training for tomorrow, that we're going to ensure that we have the programs that are needed. So I think that's, that's the main thing. We want to be partners, good collaborators with our workforce and our economic development partners out there. We want to um, look at you know, what the state needs as a whole because our students uh, here, we have students to come to Wake Tech from all over. And we want to make sure that they're employable when they leave. So we also measure that as well. Are any of y'all using like any sort of new technological programs to make yourselves more readily accessible to industry? I mean, is anybody? I don't even know what you might use, but you know, we do a lot of BRE visits where we go out and we're meeting one-on-one -on -one with companies. I know several of you guys have been on BRE visits before, and you're sitting down and, and you're talking with companies. We're trying to think through how can we make ourselves more accessible than just at those visits? Because really, you only get a snapshot. Mm -hmm. So are there ways that we can incorporate things on our website where a company can, can go in and, and, and put in a request? I mean, something just as simple as that. Um, but really trying to take, uh, trying to take business, you know, business retention to the next step. And, and I think some of the stuff we're also working on is, is really industry roundtables. And so bringing uh, industrial, or not just industrial, but, but sectors of the economy together to have conversations about, all right, what are, what are you seeing here, and how is Company X handling that issue, and is there a way that everybody can work together? Um, and so hopefully, you know, I hope that we can break down some of the barriers uh, between companies so that even though they may be competing uh, in a way for uh, labor, they, they are competing together to, to benefit everybody, right? Um, but I, I was just a question, you know, it, we're always trying to look to improve how we, uh, how we provide service. And so, um, I think we've all figured out that we have to be much more flexible. We've got to move quicker to respond to business needs. We can't be difficult to navigate or access or work with. So I think we're seeing so often, you know, if businesses, their needs are changing, the training needs are changing, they can't wait a year and a half for a program to be developed. We've got to come up with, you know, more responsive, more nimble, um, you know, opportunities to engage them. Um, and so things like uh, those individual visits or roundtables are critical for us to figure out how we can respond accordingly. 
Um, so, and then on the job seeker side, um, Capital Area has actually been um, piloted a um, virtual support center. So when we think about how we're interacting with job seekers in the community, um, we can't expect them all to be able to come to our centers. Um, so certainly they you know, now have the access and we hope to scale that beyond just uh, Wake and Johnson counties, but for them to be able to call and, and receive or chat or text or email, whatever is easiest for them, but wherever they are, if they can't come into our center or their schedules don't permit, you know, making us more um, accessible to the community as well as to businesses. And so that's been a, um, a good change. And it, we're continuously looking for ways to be more innovative and, again, responsive to business. That's incredible. I think a lot of the innovation is when you are sitting on those boards. Uh, Wake Tech being um, eight, well, really nine sites strong in Wake County, so we're there, so we're easy access to every household. So that's, that's one of the reasons we're strategically placed within the county, so we can touch from the eastern end down you know, north. And so we, we kind of pride ourselves in being available to offer those resources. And we do have a career and resource center that's online that our employers in the community can go on and log in and look for students uh, that they're interested in hiring. They can post jobs there. We hold events for them as well, so they can come in and take a look at what we have as far as a curriculum, meet the students, you know, interview there. So we have a lot of uh, events and activities around the employer so that we can help them as far as meeting resources and getting the talent that they need. That's great. I think one of the things that I see a lot working with Lisa is that a lot of younger students um, kind of get back to the university. They, 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 they immediately want to go to college, right? Um, and, and this might be you know, a touchy subject for some, but it's something I'm passionate about. How do you guys, or, or do you guys, um, in, in your respective roles, help uh, encourage people to go to Wake Tech, get that two-year certificate instead of going to a four-year university. I mean, would you ever, you know, in your personal life or in your professional life, encourage someone who is looking at going to, you know, a four-year school to say go to Wake Tech for two years first and try to get a certificate? I know one of the things that the county was, you know, the county offers a tons, tons of certifications through uh, Wake County Public Schools. You know, one of the questions was, how do we increase the number of students leaving high school? How do we increase the number of certifications that are walking out the door? So, um, you know, I just want to get your, you know, kind of y'all's thoughts on that. You know, you, clearly everybody touches just a lot of different companies and every company needs different things. But um, do, I guess ultimately, do you see the role of two-year degrees and certifications, uh, the demand for those going up and maybe four-year degrees going down? And uh, do you think that's something that, you know, is a good thing. I think there will be a significant value placed on credentials and certifications. Um, you know, continuous continuous learning will be just the the way you have to operate. It never sure. stops. So I think that will be huge. College is not for everyone. We do know that, and there's excellent opportunities like apprenticeships or work based learning where. You know, they are learning while on the job, but they're also continuing to advance and, and gain um, degrees as well. So we know that, um, again, not everybody's um, set for that automatic four-year track, and there's 
exceptional opportunities across all industries for people to really excel in careers. So it's about figuring out where their skills and aptitudes lie and helping, you know, that's what we try and do really at our centers is to understand who they are as individuals, their interests, where their strengths are, and help, you know, educate them on the pathways that exist and how to get there. In some cases, it might be a four-year degree. In other cases, it may be a shorter-term certification or training that they can take part in. Um, and so we want to be able to help and advance everyone so that they can get a great opportunity and make a, um, you know, a wonderful wage and, and continue to advance in their career. I think that's our goal. And so, again, everyone is, is different, um, but we're seeing a lot of companies um, open and committed to that and, and to train them while they're going along and being more open to taking those that don't have a four-year degree. And I saw something the other day that was talking about a company, I forget the name of it, but it was going back and looking at all their job descriptions and really analyzing, do we need a four-year degree in this position? And they were saying about the, the vast majority of their positions don't. You know, what they need is somebody that has that certification. That's what I was going to say. I just read an article recently that said um, your companies like Apple um, are now looking and saying, okay, our CEO or our founder didn't have a degree. So why are we eliminating people who don't have a four-year degree? We need to start looking at the talent and the skills versus the, the degree. And, and I will say that um, I, 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 I've been in this position for five years, so, so I have seen a shift. Um, and, and there is a push, there is a societal push of saying, you know, everybody should go get a four-year degree. But I see a change in our students now. And I see a, a, I've had students come to me with over 4.0 GPAs and say, you know, I know I could get into a great university, but I don't want to go to a university because I don't want the student loan debt. I, and the things that I want to do doesn't necessarily require a four-year degree. So I have worked with those students. And, um, and, and I think it's more important about getting the right education versus um, more education. Um, because, because even the labor market does a, not every job requires a four-year degree. There's more jobs out there that require a two-year degree or less than the four-year degree. So, um, so I am seeing a shift. Um, I, I know when I first started, I, you know, I would have kids come to me and say, well, I'm just going to wait tech. And I said, no, it's not just going to wait tech. I said, you need to be excited that you're going to wait tech. Um, and, you know, and here's what you can do with that degree. Um, so, so there is a shift even in the, within our school where, where you know, those who talk to students on a regular basis is saying, no, it's, a, it's okay to go to, to um, Wake Tech. I've, had, I've even heard teachers say, you should go to Wake Tech in route to a four-year, in route to a four-year university because it's going to save you money. Here are the benefits of it. You're going to graduate with less student loan debt. And, and I've heard students and I think students have seen their parents pay for student loans for years and years, and, and, it's, and it's helping them to say, okay, I don't want to do that. Um, so I have seen more students say, I want to go to Wake Tech first, or what I need um, is, is only to go to Wake Tech to get this skill. So um, I think going back to that, that millennial generation where they're looking for those things, deeper inside, I, I think they're starting to assess things more. And maybe it is because of the things they're hearing at home about their parents, rather it's their student loan, rather it's the, you know, let's get the right education instead of just more education. Because 
they're, they're seeing people go to those four-year universities and come out and can't find a job in their field, or they're making the same wage that they could have made without the four-year degree. That's exactly right. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Well, thank you guys uh, for being here today. I, I think the last question I wanted to ask each one of you, um, you know, getting out your crystal ball is twofold. One, what do you see the future of workforce look like, specifically here in the Triangle, here in Garner? And then two, uh, what, if anything, uh, should people know about the workforce who don't deal with it on a daily basis? I feel like you guys deal with it in some respect every single day of your life. You're committed to it, and you're doing incredible work. But for the folks that will hear this podcast or, or see, uh, see the video, what would be helpful for them to understand uh, about the workforce here in their own backyard that maybe they don't know? So I know that's two-part questions, real big. You know, asking you to predict the future is always scary. <laughs> but, but, yeah, two things. What, what is the future of work, right? What does it look like? How do you, you know, touch it, feel it, smell it, see it? And then what should people know? Let's go. Yeah, I mean, I think the rise of automation is going to totally change the positions that we see, and those jobs that are highly repetitive or manual are going to go away. We know that, and um, that could be, you know, things that are just, again, data, processing data every day in just a very repetitive way or working on machinery that's very hands-on. Those things are all going to shift, and so those um, those workers that are have been doing that for a long time will have to retool or they'll be irrelevant. So I think that's going to be a significant change. And the fact, again, that everybody really has to embrace the idea that you'll continually need to learn new things in order to stay successful in the workforce. It's, that's just the way the change is the new norm. So that'll be critical. I think for us, um, we know that we are often a best-kept secret as far as just the the resources and the support that's available collectively, I think, with the workforce system. Um, When we're talking to businesses, they often have no idea that they can tap into um, additional support, help to, you know, to find um, talent, to train and upskill that talent, that there's dollars and investment available that they can reach out and, and um, take advantage of to help them. So again, we um, at Capital Area in particular are focused on, you know, helping them, uh, you know, lower those turnover costs uh, to get better quality hires to, you know, keep those um, great people that you've worked hard to get to keep them trained, and, and there is commitment on our part to do that. And so, again, we know we're um, often a best-kept secret and don't want to be, so we're doing all we can to really, again, get out there, engage with the community, hear from businesses about their needs, so that when we're um, investing back into the community that we're doing it in a real intentional way. Well, and you know, one of the really interesting things you said, and I don't think we even talked about it, but this is huge, is that the number of jobs that someone will have today I think it's like, you know, it's a huge number compared to what their grandparents where they would stay in one place. But not only is it the number of it, it's the different industries that they will work in. Where you'll go from working in an office setting to be, you know, maybe on the machinery floor to something else. So it's not just the number of jobs that you'll have will change, it's the types of them. And getting back to that, you're you're a constant learner. You're you you will never reach perfection in a career. I don't know if that's scary or not. Because I don't plan on changing jobs, so maybe I'll never get there. It's but crazy. but it's true. Like you see it, and it and it's unreal. We didn't. I mean, we talk about the gig economy. We can talk about you know how just it, it's in one way. Is it, for me, it's scary 
in one way, but in another way, it's very um, securing to know that our younger generations are going to be able to go from writing, you know, uh, technical writing to running a machine to being an investment banker and be able to do it with an ease and flow to where it doesn't fundamentally disrupt their entire lives. And I will say as well, just, you know, again, that there's opportunities for all. I mean, those that have been sitting on the sidelines that want to get back to work, you know, because there are shorter term training opportunities, there's scholarships available, you know, that we can get them skilled up and they can enter back into the workforce, you know. Parents that have stayed at home with their kids can come back into the workforce and get that training they need to, to be productive. And, and quite frankly, business needs it. There's just not enough population coming no. to fill all the needs that happen. We should so. have had this conversation before we started, man, because that, that's the other thing is how even at a 3% unemployment rate, we still have this huge sector of the population that is just sitting on the sidelines. You know, and how do we get them into the the working the workforce? And then what are we doing to to uh, you know uh, combat uh, drug abuse, mainly opioid addictions and things like that? Where we're taking even um, I know we talked a little bit about um, reentry programs. How do you take people from our jails and prisons and get them out and put them into work? I mean, there's so many. It's just a dynamic topic that we're not going to have nearly enough time to kind of talk about. Can I put in one little plug please, as well? Please. Just one quick thing. Um, you know, part of our work is also working with youth ages 16 to 24 and, you know, those that often have significant barriers, those that have Absolutely. experienced homelessness or have, you know, come out of, um, you know, uh, foster care or just have, again, been in low-income situations and have not had the support systems at home to help give them exposure to what's out there. And so our youth program is exceptional to be able to remove a lot of those barriers or help build them up and give them exposure to what is out there, helping them be, you know, career ready or just, again, sort of exposure to give them opportunities for internships and other things. So we're partnering with businesses just to introduce them to what's out there. Um, again, help remove some of those barriers uh, and really set them up for success. That so we're excited so about that. Truth in that. Thank you for all you do. Bernita, we finally made you. Sorry. We got off on some tangents. But the, the same questions, the crystal ball, and then, you know, what should people know about what you do at Wake Tech? Okay, so you and Kimberly have really touched on some great things, some of the things that I was thinking myself, but the future of the workforce, again, change. Change is constant, so everybody has to be ready for the change, be able to adapt, uh, be able to um, make their workplace attractive to um, recruit and then to retain the employees. They gotta invest, they gotta develop the employees. These are the things that the future workforce are looking for. So companies are gonna have to do things to um, sort of embrace a branding and let their employees be ambassadors for uh, their workplace so that they can attract and bring in other um, employees. That's gonna be important. And at Wake Tech, as far as what we're doing to um, help that change and help the future workforce is to continue to work with the community on the needs, closing gaps, uh, being able to offer to high schools. You know, we have a high school uh, program. We also have programs that help those who have special needs or for those who are re-entering the workforce and those things. I think we're going to continue to listen to the voice of the community as the needs and 
tailor our education to what the needs are. So I think we're going to be a big partner with that, as we have been for education, whether it's high school, corporate, um, and just be that good partner that we can be uh, for the workforce of tomorrow. That's great. That's what we're going to do. So I think that um, Wake Tech does do a great job with um, I think a diamond out there is the career and college promise. And I think we have students who are sitting in our high schools who are ready to go ahead and get those skills that, that they can't get, you know, at, our, at the high school, you know, within the high school walls. But yet we have career and college promise where those students can go ahead. There's 36 CTE pathways that they can be a part of, whether it's cosmetology or automotive, whatever it is that they can go ahead and start their 11th grade year. Um, and, you know, and that's a great benefit, and the tuition is free. So, so I think that's a great um, partnership that we have with Wake Tech, and, and it's a, it becomes a matter of, of getting those students to, to, to look at that as an option versus what is just within the walls of their school. But, but also, I, I think when you look at the skills gap, and, um, and I think businesses need to work with the, with the schools because a lot of our students they don't see their parents going out to lay brick or, you know, to do all these manual jobs where they're always talking about there's a skills gap. But I think the more we bring opportunities to those students within the school, with, through activities um, with those companies, making us a partner and, and helping us educate our students, first of all, you know, in, rather it be in the salary and the kind of lifestyle that those students can, can have with those type of jobs, the fact that there's a demand for those type of jobs versus other jobs that a lot of students are going to get education for and then they can't get a job in that field. So, so I think it's about becoming a partner, looking at it at the high school level before they get to the college level and start making those decisions and planting those seeds early so that, so that our kids will know, you know, they're starting to get educated on those and not looking at it as, as you know, trying to do it late, later while they're in college and have already decided on a pathway um, that may not even be a good fit for them, that, that this uh, you know, area that's, that's lacking employees could actually be a good fit for them. So, but the problem is, is a lot of our students aren't educated. And, and I know um, some of the feedback we got from our job fair last week or last year um, from a lot of the trades areas was they were surprised how many of the students just weren't familiar are, and, and, you know, well, well versed with their, with their career fields. So I think it's about becoming a partner at the high school level, not waiting just until the college level. And it's opening up your doors and letting our kids go and experience those things. That's kind of like what you were saying is just exposure. Yeah. Right. It's the biggest thing. And if I can put in a plug, the state back in December launched a tool called the Navigator that is designed to connect educators and employers or businesses in the community. And this happens across the state. So they're really interested in opening the doors to show the value of work-based learning. So everything from just having a business leader step into the classroom and do a quick talk about their profession or about their industry to um, actually having them come and visit their site or do an internship or an apprenticeship. So that tool, though it's still building, I know there's um, a lot of enthusiasm on the educator side. We really need businesses to come to the table and um, make themselves available. They want to you know, expose their industry to schools, but they need to actually be proactive in doing that. And so the Navigator is a great tool to, to make that happen and to bridge that gap. Yeah, and so. frankly, I think with the unemployment rate the way it is, uh, I don't think employers can 
I don't think they have a choice. They don't I don't think they I don't think they can afford not to. Right. It's a great way for them to get out there and really share and break down again the misperceptions about their industry, um, what the advancement potential is, how they can actually access that career. So anyway, I put in a plug for that because it's a great new tool. Sure, absolutely. Well, thank you guys for your time today. I think this is a great discussion. Certainly, we just scratched the very top of it. There's so much going on in workforce development, so much going on just right here in Garner in the Triangle. And uh, it, it's incredible, absolutely incredible. So thank you for your time thank and you. everything you, you do uh, day in, day out. Thank you for everything you do to, to keep Garner great. Thank you for being a great thank partner. You.